Uh, how's it going? It's pretty good. Uh, woke up, uh, finished The Last of Us 2. Now I'm going to yeah, I saw that. try and like hundo percento it. Good hundo percent. Pretty close. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, the way that things are going, I'm not entirely sure if I'll be able to upgrade everything in the one run. And I think I'll have to like do Noon Game Plus, hmm. which is fine. It's just like, kind of, kind of irks me. I was like, oh, I guess I was wrong and couldn't do this all at once. Yeah, that's like some sometimes games will do that. Yeah. Well, they make it so that you can't upgrade everything. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, a lot of games usually require multiple playthroughs in order to get all the achievements. Yeah. That's just kind of yeah. how it goes. Makes sense. I'm I'm just glad it doesn't have one that's like beat on the hardest difficulty because that's just not happening. <laughs> I thought you wanted to try to do that. Like I kind of want to, but like if it's anything like the first game's hardest difficulty, when I bought the game from the dude at Desert Sky Games, he's like, "Oh, are you gonna try and beat it on, or have you tried it on the highest difficulty?" And I was like, "No," and he's like, "Oh, it's a doozy." <laughs> so if even the store clerk is like acknowledging this is a hard game, if you really want it to be, then it just means that he's making conversation. Yeah. I mean, this is true. Also, using the phrase "it's a doozy" is very, but I feel like it's just old timey, like. It's something that these like parents used to say in the early aughts because they didn't really understand kids. Hello, kids. Beware and bring the Gatorade. It is a doozy in heat out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> doozy was first recorded in the form of Dozy in eastern Ohio in 1916, four years before the Duesenberg Motor Company began manufacturing passenger cars. Separating Doozy from the fancy cars even more is the even older adjective Doozy, which is spelled the exact same way. Uh, meaning stylish or splendid. That word dates back to 1903. You know, it's weird. It used what? to it used to mean stylish and splendid. Now it just means, oh man, that thing's kind of shit. It's like hard, a, like a hefty task yeah, or disagreeable. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, ling- this is why I always say language is a myth that everyone's been convinced to believe in. I mean, yes, that's true. Yeah, but that's that precisely how language works. That's yes. not an excuse to misspell things in our tweets all the time. No, it's <laughs> all, no. It, I, I'm just saying that you guys don't need to get people need to stop getting all defensive about certain aspects of it. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, it's a form of communication. It's the only way that we have that exists that we can use to actually clearly understand what somebody is saying and thinking. Therefore, if they say something incorrect that is not what they mean, then they have miscommunicated and therefore there's less of an understanding. Uh-huh. Hmm. How are we all sure that you all see the same color I designate as red? Huh? Huh? Please don't open this. I got into an hour-long argument with one of my philosophy professors about this at one point. <laughs> Man, you know, that sounds like conspiracy talk. No, it's just basically like what Don was talking about. It's sort of everyone just encodes into a medium and then they all interpret it on their end. We all have to agree that the color we see is red. Otherwise, how the hell are we going to talk about the color red? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're also colorblind people, but that's a, that, that, that's a medium problem. Or, uh, I feel like I that's they're... almost an encoder problem. Yeah. Well, or decoder. All right. Have you tried updating your drivers? Yes, please. I would like to update my eyeball drivers. You know, we're we're not far away. I was watching Westworld, and I feel like science has made significant strides by watching a fictional show. <laughs> you go to your ophthalmologist. Hey, uh, I need to update my my eye drivers. You basically, just, just like, yeah, it's wipe my glasses off. Yeah, it's getting a new prescription. It's gonna yeah. be like, yeah. hey, hey, uh, eye doc. I'm letting you know that the old the old software is not doing it. Well, that's one way to say it. Yeah, I mean. It's not even like that. It's just like you go in and it's like, all right, 
I haven't seen any perceptible change in my eyesight because it changes gradually over time. So you, you obviously don't notice. Mm-hmm. And they start more or less randomly flipping through shit. And eventually, does this look better to you? I guess. All right. This is your prescription now. They have to get like really, really good at guessing when people are like lying because if you're dealing with someone that's Why would so you unsure, lie, though? no, they don't realize you're lying. Because like Albert was oh. talking about, it's when you like Brandon, you don't have glasses, but when they do take you in, it's sort of like, is this look good? Kind of. Is this better? I don't. I can't tell. Uh. And that's like all they hear day in day out, getting their eyes eyeballs checked. Like they at some point they develop a skill of differentiated between what's better kind of or i guess yeah you know what i mean so, like they have to like learn how to read the human soul so that they can differentiate between i guess and maybe they're listening for that hint of relief yeah, yeah exactly like it's super weird or like the feeling when you're done with your eye exam and you're like okay did i mess up like is this actually <laughs> better have I have I doomed myself to even gradually worse eyesight well, by mis accurate like yeah, here's the thing, though, is that like you go in every like every two years. To- I I usually I'm supposed to go in every year. Yeah, I've been bad about it this year because of. Uh, yeah, that's fair. That's, yeah, I mean, like it changes. Like sometimes people's eyes stop like deteriorating yeah. for a while. Some people just are born with it. Yeah, my my prescription kind of stabilized for the past few years. I have good vision. I don't need glasses except my gamer glasses. Tm. Yeah, I've noticed you've been wearing those gamer glasses. glasses. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I've noticed, like, I've been getting more headaches just, like, kind of as time has gone on. Uh, So I've been like, all right, I'm going to give this a shot because I'm pretty sure it's caused at least in part by, like, staring at a screen all day. Um, So I started uh, wearing Brandon's and holy shit, like, whenever I wear them, I'm I'm not getting getting headaches nearly as frequently and it's great. Uh, The trade-off is... They've started making me break out. Yeah, the, hmm. they just takes a while. Plus, I think the ones you're using are the one where the frame rests on your nose. They don't have a pad. Yeah, yeah. 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 They they rest like precisely on the bridge of my nose, which is where I've started breaking out. I looked it up. I was like, "Is this really a thing? Yeah. Is this really what I'm going through?" And like all the websites, all the things recommend. It's like you should be washing your glasses twice every day with soapy <laughs> water. I'm like holy shit dude that's way too much effort these antiseptic mm-hmm. pads are part of the reason why it's so good and i just looked at my glasses and they're dirty <laughs> like so <laughs> dirty yeah. do, do, do not look at the pads of your glasses You're oh yeah i feel subconscious oh about yeah. the yeah. amount of that's all you stuff yeah it's like a little bit of green gunk in there everyone that li- wa- like has glasses understands what we're talking about it's well like the seam where your frame fits into your oh, lens yeah, a little bit of dirt all mm. up in there Crusty. These are these are the hidden sins that all glasses wearers don't that don't tell the people with normal vision. Yeah, there's a lot of sins hidden in these hidden in these uh, little peepers. You're trying to like get to know someone like on an intimate level, and instead of <laughs> tell me your secrets, it's hand me your glasses. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, he, I guess you could. I guess uh, that is sort of like looking at someone's shoes. You can tell a lot about a person by what how their glasses are. I mean, I feel like that's also kind of just a rite of passage in friend groups anyways. It's like, let me see your glasses. Let me put them on. (laughs) I mean, like, I do it because people don't believe how bad my eyesight is. I mean, I see the the lens distorting reality when I look look at your face. Yes. Uh, I know that we've done it for a fact. It would have had to have been, like, freshman year, though. It's one of those Mm. things that's, like, early Uh, in friendship. Did I do it? Yeah. Uh, Mine 
Mine don't distort light as much as like some other people's. I've met some people who have pretty crazy glasses. Yeah. Oh. Glasses are very, very good, but it sucks that it's like basically just a fucking tax. Yeah. yeah. You buy your own glasses. That's like the main reason why I haven't gone back for a prescription because like I'm uh, every time I the idea of going to a doctor to get a prescription again in my mind translates to I'm signing up to buy another three hundred dollar pair of glasses. Yeah. And I can't afford it. I just can't do it, so I just don't do it. I mean, like, for me, it's like, I found a frame that I like, so I at least don't have to buy new frames again. Hmm. Um, but the lenses are pretty expensive when they get this hefty. Unfortunately, my vision's kind of okay. Like, I can function without it. I was going to ask, now, now, can you fry ants with your glasses? No, I can't. Like, yeah. Have you tried? I mean, not really. I tried starting a fire. Eh, same thing. I'm lo- just looking at my glasses. I haven't actually tried that before. Huh. Yeah. It never occurred to me. Maybe if I stare at something hard enough, I'll be able to light it on fire. <laughs> That's how that works. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, your eyes are just lenses as well. But yeah, any of the light source coming from behind your eyes. That's are you the saying brain. that I don't shine bright enough as a person? Uh, not through your eyeballs. That that seems to be coming through your skin for the most part. Have you not seen the galaxy brain meme? Clearly our <laughs> brains are shooting out rays of intelligence. And who's to say that it won't go through our eyes? There's a lot of science that doesn't support that, but you keep believing, friend. All right, you know what? I'm a, I'm gonna keep believing. I've got some other things that I think I'd like you guys to uh, think about and right, consider we're, believing in. We're gonna cut away. It's a conspiracy. Bit. Oh, it's conspiracy <laughs> corner. I see. It, it might as well be. It's, whoo! It's a good one. Get your phone ready. Enjoy the safety. Enjoy being alive. You know, we only have so many hours in a day, but you don't really have to. All right, I'll run the intro. Welcome to the Blanket Fort Podcast, everyone. This is the Blanket Fort Podcast with the members of the Blanket Term team all sit down and talk about stuff. We've been known to talk about various things, and I was going through like a lot of them, and I realized that we get pretty insane. Like We're talking about Furby Soul Gems. We talked about how Jar Jar Binks is pretty hot. We talk about a lot of stuff, and I, I, I just kind of feel like, kind of feel like that's kind of our groove i'm just trying to fitter, find a better way to say that in the intro that what you're signing up for is not just like four people talking about intellectual having an intellectual conversation but it's four people slowly devolving into madness before your ears and uh i'm glad you're here for it my name's alan and i'm hopped up on caffeine i'm brandon and i wish i was hopped up on caffeine i'm dawn and i haven't had caffeine in far too long and i'm albert and i've steadily had caffeine throughout the whole day Oh, the third little piggy there. My and uh, my name is Alan. <laughs> yeah, kind of how like you know the the first little piggy had like no caffeine, the second little piggy overdosed on caffeine, and the third little piggy had just the right amount, just the right amount of caffeine to stay productive for capitalism. I believe this is uh, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. I mean, it's kind of both combining with the capitalist story, you know. I guess the pigs are about building, though. I mean, that's kind of capitalistic, right? Yeah. Right? Goldilocks is uh is the true capitalist. Those three pigs are just sharing their <laughs> oh, sharing their resources. Oh god, you're right. Goldilocks is a communism story, isn't it? Those pigs are living their life in the commons. 
sharing everything between themselves and Goldilocks just comes in and just be like, ah, yes, this this is mine now. Goldilocks stole from bears, didn't she? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For some reason, we have managed to confl- we have somehow replaced the bears with pigs. We have combined the two stories. I believe those are called boars. <laughs> yeah, bear pigs are... Uh... Yeah, Goldilocks <sighs> walks up to the first pig's house and blows it down. Uh, I- I'm just going to get into it. All right, so, so uh, recently my friend brought to my attention something very important that I feel like Cryptid Corner is okay taking a, s- a small back step to for this episode. I think this still counts as Cryptid Corner. Yeah, it might as well be. Picture it. A nice park. Pigeons being fed by uh, an old lady feeding them bread. Ooh, is it the lady from uh, Home Alone 3? Sure. All right, cool. My, my head's there. I'm, I'm right. with you, Brandon. Camera Home pans Alone over. Two. Is it 2? Yeah, Lost in New York. I've oh. only seen 1 and 2. Okay, yeah, Home Alone 2. Camera pans over. It's a nice pet store. You've got uh, a bunch of, like, canaries and other like parakeets hanging out in the windowsill Ooh, it's right next to a it's right next to a to an exotic uh pet um uh, veterinary clinic mm-hmm. and then overhead a a large eagle flies majestically as american as it can get all of them are fake all dun, of these birds dun, are fake dun. they do not exist they are all government drones programmed to watch us interesting so domestic and wild, both are replaced. They no longer exist. Birds are not real. And every every encounter you have with that pigeon or with that hawk that you saw, as it's like, oh, there's a hawk's nest. Wow, look at it. It's so majestic. All of the baby chicks, fake. Cameras. Birdsaren'treal.com apparently is a thing. Okay. Now, what's the what's the theory? Like, it, they're all just replaced by government drones dedicated to watch us. Oh my God! The shirt says "Bird Watching Goes Both Ways." Yeah. and it's a picture of a pigeon with arms <laughs> holding binoculars. I think that's the one my friend bought. It's a pretty good shirt. It's a good shirt. Now, how much of this is just a counter meme uh, versus how? Like, what's the actual logic behind people? This? People legitimately, this is this is their thing. This is their life's work. This is their. Uh, uh what is this opus magnum mm-hmm. or oh magnum opus i had it reversed on my end from what i understand you know because my friend bought the shirt and you know he told me about it this is like a counter meme this is we're memeing this yeah um but yeah he was telling me a story about how one of my friend's friends uh recently got into legitimately like bird watching uh-huh and then google being the sentient entity that it <laughs> yeah, is it started like, giving him ads for starts, this movement so and the government knows it because they're always watching uh the, of all the bird facts i've been thinking about and mulling on my brain not one of them was they're not real I just don't know how to how to how to have an intellectual conversation about this the ostrich at the zoo Big old, <laughs> big old CIA surveillance van. How, how do they explain chickens? How do they explain like quails that people hunt? It's fake. Yeah, but the people eat them. They, it's, they, they, it's made out of a synthetic meat that you can eat. Probably, I don't know. I just found a, a shirt that's Abbey Road, but it says the birds work for the bourgeoisie. Oh, that's pretty good. Anyway, I just thought I wanted you to all know that because on my desk, on a sticky note. Because I was playing a game at the time when my friend was telling me about it, but I had to just share it. <laughs> is birdsaren'treal.com 
and it's been there for about five days. Yeah, I've been sitting to, on this. You need to research this. I, I, I'm just, I'm just trying to. I'm more than willing to see their point of view, but they have to at least make some semblance of sense. Yeah, I it's do, synthetic meat. Then, in that case, then why <clears throat> don't we have synthetic meat in other aspects? What makes how are we sure cows are real if the government can make can can make uh, cows uh, can make synthetic meat? Alan, Alan, stop. Yeah. Don't, don't so the, how do we Alan, how do we know that anything aside from human how do we even Alan, know humans listening. are real? Like, Alan, there's a pigeon the, outside. It just looked at you. <laughs> there's a slippery slope if we assume that there there's an entity out there that can make synthetic animals and have them watch us because that's basically what God does. Really think about it. In God we trust, Alan. In God we trust. There's a full book on here describing how they did this. Chapter 2 is how. And it starts with, it is imperative that we discuss the methods that the government used to extinguish over 12 billion birds between 1959 and 1971. And I'm like, what? Hmm. Did you guys know that the the bald eagle's uh, iconic scraw is actually a red-tailed hawk? I didn't know that, actually. Oh. Yeah. Honestly, I was hoping you would say it was the drone recharging. <laughs> <laughs> it's their fully powered uh, notification. <laughs> Make that my new, uh, my new like text message thing. Just scraw. <laughs> well, all right. What if I told you that as I'm reading this, I'm slowly becoming convinced of this? <laughs> can you read it? Can you read a little, a couple more excerpts, please? Uh, sure. Uh, they're talking about. I'm gonna abridge this yeah uh apparently boeing was contracted to help have this happen uh they painted uh they took a bus of a whole bunch of boeing engineers to area 51 to do this yeah this brings in area 51 too um they actually painted quote area 51 or bus uh bust on both sides of the bus uh they would also uh sing songs whenever they stopped at places such as i left my honey for area 51 and let's kill all the birds According to this, there is a uh, a quote from Richard Nixon in 1978, and it says, We needed a way to keep an eye on the American citizens without them knowing. It was imperative for their own safety, of course. We hired only the best. It took years. We designed, built, tested, failed, but we persisted. Eventually, over decades, we had it. A fleet of covert technological surveillance devices unlike any the world, anything the world has ever seen. We called them birds. <laughs> Okay. It's attributed to Richard Nixon in 1978. He ha- he has our best interests in mind. He he really doesn't. <laughs> so as ridiculous as this is, there is some useful aspect to this particular conspiracy theory. Well, I find most to be ridiculous and useless, but there's a one useful aspect of this, in that being skeptical about surveillance and being worried that things are always watching you is like kind of a reasonable thing to be afraid of because like drones that look like birds are slowly becoming a thing now and might be a thing in the future so like maybe birds won't be real eventually yeah it really makes me question the meta of how because because one of the proposed like anti-drone warfare things was like teaching like eagles to just snatch them out of the air and we've like done it so if all of those eagles are actually just secretly drones, it's just drone-on-drone drone violence. Yeah, drone-on-drone drone combat. Yeah, I'd watch that TV show. 
They're just like battle bots with drones. Yeah, dude, battle bots with drones would be such so cool. I'm imagining like that's a really cool concept, but that's kind of separate from what I initially thought, where it's a cop style TV show but called birds. (laughs) I mean, they already have drone racing. They do. Yeah, they do. Like that's just pretty cool. But I need to see drone on drone combat. Mm. I mean, that's kind of what battle bots is, but you're talking about aerial combat, right? Yeah, that's a different beast in itself. I mean, we all know that like. At this point, just the best battle bot is just a fucking wedge. Yeah. <laughs> there's also the there's also the one with the guillotine. Oh my god! Just get get a wedge, get right under there, and and then beep. that that's about it. And you go beep, and yep. they're done. Beep. Oh, dude, we should actually. If I ever made a battle bot, I would do that. Every time it gets under something, it just beeps. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the Roomba, which is slightly reprogrammed. <laughs> Have you seen that video of like the one of my favorite things is like people taking Roombas and uh, like two Roombas taping knives to the front and, and putting balloons, balloons on the back, the back of both of them and then just kind of putting them inside of a room and uh, taking bets on them. Yeah, just seeing what happens. That's gonna, we're going to be in big trouble when the robots become sentient and see all the things we've done to them. Uh, but Albert's right. Whenever an uprising happens, a lot of us are in trouble. They're mm-hmm. like seeing this and you're just like, you made us fight each other to the death. I mean, now it's t- your turn. Hold on. To be fair, what I will say is that I I think that sentient robots would be would, would look at us and be like, "Well, those are previous like evolutions of our ancestors. It's not the same, right? It's sort of like we don't get mad at the saber toothed tiger because the saber toothed tiger <laughs> killed Neanderthals or whatever. However, it panned out. But that's my point, right? Like they, I think these sentient people, the sentient robots that would come into existence would have enough logic to be like. Well, that wasn't me, and those were unsentient creatures that were th- th- that that were designed along a different trajectory than uh, me. Yeah, because like I mean? robots wouldn't have like ethics. They'd be like, "That is such a human thing." Do you think that we would get mad at that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like further proving enough. your inefficiencies. Yeah, like pathetic. Uh, <laughs> like I, I'm sure they might have a, like some of them might do that. On the other hand. I kind of feel like we should also dig into whether or not the four of us here need to repent to robot uh, to 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 Robo Jesus, because I don't know if any of us have committed any robot sins. I don't think I have. I, I think I'm safe. I never I never got into software design. I never I, I was in mechanical engineering, but I never did ma- designed anything. So they really have no reason to be mad at me. That's probably tied between me or Brandon. Yeah, I was really proud of my my like. It wasn't a battle bot. It was meant to just like what what robot could get the most bean bags into the the area within a time. And I treated it really well. I was like it was like my like as if I had like a pet Ugh. because I was on a team, but I was the only one that did any work. Oh, big big oof. I was quite proud of it. It dude, it was it would have won if the cuz the only team that had beat me is cuz they used out of kit parts. Oh, that sucks. And I remember the teacher specifically saying, you can only use what's in the box. Oh. And I tried to like make that argument, and apparently she doesn't remember it. And I was like, wow. Okay. That sucks. It was it was basically the wedge, but it had the grinder thing, so it would just like roll up, suck oh. them up, and then just kind of spit them out. Like I, That was mine. Mine was like, yeah, dude, it's it's sleek. It's, it's simple. And this was just like a brontosaurus that just kind of like picked it up and then just like place it and like ooh, 10 points that's that's that sucks anyway i was I mean, proud of it i just had to make a, a car go in like a circle oh 
not really a circle. It had to like actually like turn. Like it had to mm-hmm. avoid obstacles and stuff like that. Like it was more complex than just going in a circle. But I, I made a car. Have any of you guys ever seen my boat robots? Oh right, yeah, you you I have, have some a whole robots, bunch of them. Too. Yeah, that I had made. Mm. Uh, like I actually I have a few of them. I have one that looks like a hermit crab that's afraid of the dark. Oh yeah, oh. I remember that. Oh yeah. yeah, I remember you. And then you also have, like a flower looking one that looks towards sunlight. Uh yeah. Well, the the first one that I made was literally just like for shits and giggles. It was just a solar panel and like the motor from an old VHS machine. So all it did was when it was mm. put in the sun, it spun the rotor up top, and I put a little flag in it, so it just spun. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I have some cables in a tiny solar panel. Let's do this. Uh. I also made one that would follow light specifically so it would kind of like run around and if you like shone a light on the floor it would follow that. Mm. Yeah. 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 I miss my robots. I don't yeah. remember where they are. We yeah. the, the, it it'll surprise a lot of people to know that the that the four idiots on this uh on this podcast actually do have backgrounds in engineering and sciences. So yeah. we we've done things like this. Surprisingly enough, I don't think I've actually the closest thing I've done to actually build a robot was a uh, was a programming club that I that I was a part of for like two months before we didn't get enough people to actually form the club. In mm. in freshman year, as part of the as part of our engineering class that we were both in, didn't we have to program something? We had to program something, but it, we didn't never, never actually use the robot. Okay, yeah, because I yeah. remember having to program it and being like, "You didn't teach us this language. How am I supposed to program this?" Yeah, yeah, that sounds and, a lot like the university. Yeah, and the closest thing I got to that was I think it, it was it was weird. We had to we had to we had like a couple of weeks to do this. And uh, we essentially had to take a mouse trap and various like stuff and cardboard, and we had to make a car. Oh, drive mousetrap the car! Long- yeah, drive the longest. And like that was like the closest thing I've ever done to it because I grew up on the res that don't really promote sciences like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I did all my stuff in college too. Yeah. So for summer for the summer project, I made that happen. It was really fun. A lot of rubber, a lot of like potential energy storage inside of a lot of rubber bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Recently, I saw a uh, a video of a giant rubber band ball being thrown onto a really sharp, huge, like like three feet long, foot long uh, axe head, and it's this giant rubber band ball just like in slow motion impacting it and just cutting the whole thing and like oh. flinging off into a million places. All the potential energy being released. It was so good. That's, that, that sounds fun. That's, that's like r slash oddly satisfying. Right yeah. There. Well, it's uh, it's like halfway between like satisfying and and uncomfortable yeah because there's a lot of flying rubber pieces around uh-huh. you it made a huge mess yeah. oh, I can imagine. like this rubber yeah. band ball was like a foot in diameter mm. yeah my favorite one that that you, what you said reminds me of is the person who cuts into the like it's a spool like you know those uh spools oh. for thread and you cut into it with a razor like horizontally oh that makes me so upset and it goes and it oh. blooms like a it blooms like a flower. It visually looks really cool, but I'm sitting there looking at it, going, "That's so much wasted thread." <laughs> what a waste! <laughs> like, it, well, it's like my reaction. People like in cartoons, like dropping pianos on people. That physically pains me. I'm like, that's like a five thousand dollar instrument that you're throwing on the ground and breaking. No. Why would you do this? Yeah. I mean, it's just cartoon code for heavy thing. And they also use it. They also like use safe occasionally, but they always use the piano. What a waste of yeah. a safe! I mean, I think I think it's because the the sound it makes when it lands, like yeah. the discordant, like it's really iconic. Mm. I wonder what was the first thing to do that. 
I, but that has to be. It has to be a. It has to be like a black and white. I'm sure it's like a slapstick thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I feel like it probably. I'm gonna guess that it probably started when skyscrapers started being a thing. Yeah. I think that's when the first concept probably came up. Yeah, I'm willing to bet it's because of people putting. Putting pianos into high-rise buildings because it has to have happened. And yeah, someone yeah. has to have dropped a piano. Or before. at the very least, it might have been a close call. Oh, it's definitely happened. <laughs> it like almost happens. Like, woo, you know, this would be a great cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> the coroner Oops. comes up and be like, you know, I'm, a, I know, I'm a, uh, I know, I'm a, I'm just like a coroner, but I'm also like a cartoon script writer. <laughs> I'm an but, amateur cartoonist. Yeah, and this guy, oh man, that was so funny. They. Uh, <laughs> oh, he died so funny. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, you know, I do wonder when like death humor actually started being a thing. Uh, my my condolences. Ah, uh, thank you, Doctor Warner. Warner Brothers Looney Tunes <laughs> started as a coroner. I mean, morbid humor has always been a thing. Like, I I kind of feel like we can find instances of it in like all of our most ancient literature. Yeah, well, I mean, there has to have been like a start to it though, because it can't be like the Neanderthals laughing about about like their friend dying. Like, when did it start actually being a thing? When did it start becoming pop culture oh. to the point where you could make a joke about it in public and not have people mm. look at you like you were, had made some sort of faux pas? I think it is a cultural thing because this is definitely a thing in Navajo culture that you don't really do that. But in general, I think that morbid humor is an evolutionary advantage just to kind of like deal with grief in various ways. And it's been kind of co-opted by that sort of slapstick cartoony yeah the coyote gets flattened but it doesn't die like i i don't necessarily know why but that morbid humor some people enjoy it i'm not i'm not really one of them but i enjoy being like sort of like pseudo fatalistic that one's a very generational thing yeah oh boy oh boy who wants to follow me down this rabbit hole you guys want to you guys want to come in Nah, self-deprecating nah. humor is a thing, man. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people have actually started trying to turn against it because, like the like negativity has just become like such a big problem. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know, just in, just in general, I feel like a lot of people are kind of going against now, being like, I don't really want to be a part of this yeah. this self-deprecating humor. I'd rather make humor about me being really good instead. You know, yeah. it's like um. It's it's like a new a new bar has been set where it's like no longer do you just want to make someone laugh you want to make someone laugh and feel a bit wholesome like a very yeah. John Mulaney like I love I John love Mulaney. my wife and this is why <laughs> yeah. and this is why it's really funny I I don't know I've never done any inspection on trying to figure out what we like what I am slash what we are you know just we kinda, just do we, things we just kind of do yeah. I mean, like, I've also tried to stop, like, just myself to some degree. I've, I've tried to stop being, like, I'll, I'll call myself, like, a dingus, but I won't be like, oh, I'm just the stupidest person out there. Instead, I, I'm not sure if you guys have noticed, but I'll say things things like, oh, look at this, I'm just a fucking genius. I've also started picking that up from Albert, who does that, too. Albert does it so many times. The It's fine for the most part, but it does kind of get in my nerves when he says it when he's doing fighting games. When he screams it at his computer. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay... Uh, I started saying we take those sometimes. Yeah, (laughs) sometimes you have to acknowledge. Like sometimes the best way to get better is to just believe that you're better. Turns out saying something can really make it real. Yeah, we're all just bards. Just believe that you're the best ever, and you'll just get better eventually. Yeah, eventually it'll happen. Birds are drones. Birds are drones. (laughs) 
<laughs> so what you're telling me is that Albert is attempting to pick up a level in Bard by giving himself inspiration. Mm-hmm. Sure. All right. Send some of the inspiration our way, Albert. You, you, <laughs> you see, that kind of positivity, though, is really, really good because it goes one of two ways. Either you say, yes, look, I'm, I'm a fucking god, and then you do the thing, and you're like, yeah, or you fail at the thing, and then it's hilarious because you've immediately set yourself up for failure. Um. So, so either way, it's one of those things where it doesn't matter what you do. It's always funny if you're over the top with your positivity about it. Yeah, mm. now that you say it, the, the, that is something that I kind of struggle with just in terms of like doing something on that, like getting into something, I guess. Cause uh, I, I don't know if you guys can hear my headphones when I play with my friend, uh, my, my friends on online, but they get, he, one friend specifically gets so into something. And when he dies, he's like, ah, ah, and it's like, Oh my oh God. My God. <laughs> like, I don't know if you can hear my headphones, but this I, happens oh no. all the time. And it's always just like, Jesus, are you okay? Like I, I know that he's in a fight because he's just screaming and I'm just sitting here like it's not annoying but it's funny because now I know that in a tense game like Tarkov if if uh, if Rat's screaming his head off then I know that I need to go find him. I think it might also be one of those things where like you fill holes that you perceive in like friend groups or you avoid doubling up on certain things so if you were i mean like with like us you're a lot more animated but when you're with them you're a lot less animated i feel like it's one of those things where it's just like Mm, it depends on the the balances that already exist oh so now this brings brings a new thought to my mind what what stereotypes are we all right now we have to dissociate this now there are two layers to this and this is going to get interesting who are we normally when we're just Uh talking to each other versus Mm -hmm. what do we end up being on stream like when we're off camera for the most part we're we're mostly the same but i feel like we fill different roles yeah okay like i always take something i'm like oh hold on consider this like you know and i bring up an interesting like stupid topic and i kind of feel like i filled that role in both but at the same time I kind of feel like on stream, I'm always intentionally doing it versus out here. I'm just sort of like, did you guys know this news thing happened? So I don't know. Yeah. As far as just like, it, let's let's take it one at a time though. Let's take like our off stream personalities okay. first. Because the thing is, is if you said on stream, Albert's the loud one, I don't think any of our community would agree with you. Because mm. <laughs> Albert's like the analytical one, usually. Oh, yeah. mm. All right. So, like, if we're talking off, like, Albert does yell surprisingly more than people expect. Not like angry yelling, just like. Especially when I play in fighting games, which is not a thing we do on stream. (laughs) Yeah. I I can promise you that yesterday when you were out here, or maybe it was the day before when you were out here playing Paper Mario, you were yelling at Paper Mario. All right. That's not a fighting game. To be fair, Mm. something pretty funny happened. (laughs) You were yelling for longer than 10 seconds. (laughs) It happened throughout the day over the course of several hours. In my defense, I'm actually like really enjoying Paper Mario. That's fine. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just telling you, you do it more than just fighting games. You are a very enthusiastic person when it comes to media you enjoy. And it's awesome. I'm just saying you do it. Yeah, and our community doesn't know it because we don't have any videos of this. I feel like me and Brandon both suffer from this. Off camera, we're really quiet. Yeah? Yeah, like, Mm, I still talk, but I don't talk as much as I do on stream. Yeah, Yeah. I I agree. Like, you know, like, the same day, like, I'm playing Killing Floor, and I'm like, oh, we've got a couple guys over here. Oh, we've got a got a big old guy over here big stompy boy and then on stream we forgot the kid in the car yeah exactly off stream goes you're you are definitely like quieter off stream you yeah you're pretty correct with that like both you and brandon are generally like 
not as talkative unless you're on calls with your friends in which case that's also part of a performance to i mean in a way yeah like like in a way that's just mm-hmm. kind of how mm-hmm. how it goes yeah i mean we've lived we've lived together long enough that we've weirdly enough our friend group kind of hit the the sort of like uh elderly marriage stage where we're just comfortable being in the same room doing different things yeah yeah like we've lived together for for long enough that that i kind of feel like our friend group hit that stage i mean you kind of have to when you're roommates yeah, yeah. like you kind of have to like immediately <laughs> yeah yeah if you feel the need to fill the silence at all times when you're just hanging out with your roommates there's there's a bigger problem yeah you know? it's just like you, you stand you you enter the room after waking up you see someone is there it's very quiet <laughs> what are you doing? Filling the silence. Yikes. Yeah. And then on then on on camera, I'm I'm always very I'm very I'm a very big personality when I'm when I'm on camera because I kind of just feel like I need to be. I I've got I've grown to love it. I've grown to like embody it for the most part. But I mean like for me, like when we're on camera or on stream, like I'm sharing things. So yeah. I like to talk about the things I'm sharing, whereas I'm doing things alone. I'm kind of like caring more about doing the best I can. Yeah, yeah. And like, I think a part of it is that when we stream, we don't play a lot of like high pressure things. Yeah. yeah. For the most part, like, so we don't play a lot of fighting games, so you don't mm. really get a whole lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I feed off of Brandon's energy, to be honest, when I'm on when I'm on camera. So that's where it all goes. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I'm exhausted at the end of stream. Yeah. Oh, no wonder. I suck all of Brandon's energy out of him. Yeah. I feel like I just end up being the chat one. To some extent. Yeah. I mean, you definitely paid into the chat more than anyone else. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. And that's helpful because me and Brandon can go on tangents forever. <laughs> hence, so, uh, yeah. hence the podcast. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I have to be the mom. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's weird because I, I kind of feel like me, I've hit this rhythm with Brandon that whenever me and Brandon together unnotice that we need to fill space or we feel or we need to fill time while someone else is like fixing the stream or like going to go to the restroom real quick or like going to go get some water or something that we're, we're, we're like, it's no longer all of us. I kind of feel like me and Brandon have reached this un this unspoken connection of like Brandon, we need to fill the space quickly. Brandon, <laughs> quick, now's our chance. Brandon, quickly, we need to talk about something. All vegetables is broccoli. Oh fuck! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Our our flowers just uh, our our flower just plant genitals. We we're, don't know. We're all just cake. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> See, so like me and him hit the stride of like we can kind of just fill space if we feel panicked enough. So you guys are the most socially awkward out of all of us. Correct. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right, though. I mean, Don's work surface quite a lot. Uh, Albert actually works in a professional capacity with various other people. I don't think we. I mean, I guess Brandon teaches, but those are kids. I I, I treat him like Twitch chat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yep. What do you guys think? Like a Dora the Explorer. (laughs) I sit there and I wait for three seconds, and if no one raises their hand, I go, "All right, let's keep going." Yeah. (laughs) I'm not wrong. Yep. And, yep. and I don't really have it, any experience with that. Streaming, so. streaming has really helped me be Con- a better teacher. Congratulations, Twitch chat. You're basically the same as a classroom full of children. <laughs> High schoolers. Some of them are more mature and actually bright. I like Twitch chat. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Ooh. I agree with that before I processed what he said. We, we, we won't tell you which ones we think you are. We love all of you very dearly. I love yeah. them all very, very much. 
Are you talking about chat or your classrooms? No, uh, yes. <laughs> Look, when we're talking about chat as a whole, it's always a degenerate mass. When we talk about specific people in chat, no matter who it is, it's always great. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you never but say anything. As names. a unit, chat's just the worst. Yeah. You always have like that one student. Who's your favorite student, Mr. Atkinson? And I'm just like, not I'm you. Gonna, I'm not going to say it. I'm not, I'm not going to respond. Why not? Because I know you'll tell the others. <laughs> who's you who's your favorite community member Ooh. i'm not gonna answer i mean we only made one person a mod so i think that's a pretty safe safe bet i don't think that means that he's our favorite per se yeah he, he's our mod though i feel like we also feel awkward trying to ask anyone else to also be a mod that's just mm. because we've i don't know we, we we've talked about this extensively and we've always come to the same conclusion of uh gontis is the best right now yeah, yeah, I mean, I just, I also feel like maybe, I, I don't know, maybe we should give him like an extra set of hands to also help. Yeah, that surgery is pretty good. I think that's a really good thing. It's, it costs us a lot, but. Yeah, but I think it's worth it to make sure that our chat it. stays. It's worth it to make sure quality. our content stays quality. Yeah. 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 No, we've talked about adding other mods before. We have like other people that we've we've talked about asking, and then we're just like, we I don't I don't want to be a burden by asking them. You know, like it's always Mm. it's always the oh god, what if we're bugging them? Yeah, (laughs) we 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 should circumvent that by maybe making an application. What have people apply to be our mods? Yeah, dude, we can we can teach like a job position. I guess we can like we can make, but there's no benefits. Is there, though? We have to tell everyone who submits an application, (laughs) I'm sorry, we just don't think you're right for this position. (laughs) Or just ghost them like every other job application. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like the only benefit is uh, panicked messages from Dawn at 2 in the morning being like, oh, God, help. Because I I do actually do that to Gontis sometimes. I will message him at like 2 in the morning and be like, Gontis, I don't know how to handle this situation. And he's like, I here you go. And I'm like, why the fuck are you still awake? Thank you, though. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty normal for our generation to be up at 2 a.m. Yeah, I know. Like still, though. It's more uncommon for us to be up at 6 (laughs) a.m. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, if someone texts you at 6 a.m. You You guys know that there's been a comet like around uh, noon? No? Yeah, like, not at noon, like, in the morning. Oh, oh, you com- yeah, yeah. I heard comment. Comment. Yeah, yeah, there's, like, been a comment that's, like, approaching the sun. I think it's going away at this point. Yeah. Uh, it's going away at this point. But, like, every noon there's a comment in the sky, like, right above the sunrise. And none of us are going to see it because none of us are awake. I am, at but noon? I don't go outside. No, no, noon at, at above su- the sunrise? At, 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 at sunrise. Okay, you said at noon yeah, above said, the sunrise. I said like, the wrong word. I said the wrong word. Yeah, why would any of us be up at, at sunrise? You gave me this look like, Don, you should be awake. And I'm like, I'm no, not no, no, going to no. be up I, at th- four th- in the morning. That's not what I mean. I'm hardly awake at noon anyway. But like, <laughs> no. th- there's a sunrise comet like every day for the past few weeks. And I didn't know about it until I saw it on the news because I haven't been going outside, yeah. let alone at the crack of dawn. I mean, I'm yeah. awake at the crack of dawn. I just don't go outside. Yeah, it's just like, how do people notice these things? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I knew, I knew there was a comment. I just didn't know that that's the effect that it was having. Yeah, but, yeah. I heard comment, like yeah, someone commented, I, and I'm like, what? Someone commented since noon. I, I've oh, been awake. Uh, for oh 30 boy, minutes. six a.m. Better comment. <laughs> yeah. I, 
the caffeine is making me start to jumble words. Oh, yeah. My hopped up on caffeine is slowly. My buzz is slowly going away. I think I need to top it off. So I think I'm going to I think I'm going to say that we empty the we we, we stop the podcast here cuz I got to empty that French press of all the delicious delicious chemicals that go in my brain. Yeah, sounds like it's a good time for a coffee break then. But for everyone, including the people who are listening. Oh, okay. I, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, it's an outro, Alan. No, oh, yeah. Unless they're binging this in the future, in which case there's an episode coming up. In which up after case, this. it's still there's it's still coffee break time. You pop, yeah. you know, you don't. When it goes into the next episode, just give it a pause. Go and grab some coffee. Hashtag not sponsored by coffee. So well, here at Blanket Term, we don't have we don't believe in segues. Instead, we just have a pull to start diesel lawnmower. <laughs> Uh, that uh, has to be, you have to pull it about like six times before it starts. Yeah. And, and then, then we all climb on top of the lawnmower and it takes and we, us to we, our conclusion. And we drive it away. Yeah. It flies away. Yeah. A coffee break would be a good time to put here because like episode 31 was coffee time. So yeah. If our audience stopped drinking coffee, this is a good time to top off on your caffeine. If they're yeah. binging it. Yeah. It sound, that sounds right. Depends on how like how frequently you drink coffee. Oh, I, I drink it twice a day. Got the top off like at 2 a.m. Sounds like it's coffee break time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just realized, fuck, I need to actually fucking do the outro. I realized. Yes, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> what we've been waiting for. <laughs> All right, friends. If you want to catch more of our content, you can go to our website and... <laughs> Keep going. You can go to our website, blankenashterm.com. You can watch us on Twitch on Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. We're doing a tabletop RPG thing. And uh, we got all of it's coming out on YouTube if you want to watch it in the far future. And if you don't want to do that, then you're more than welcome to contact us in some other way. Uh, yeah, if you want to contact us, we got a po- we got a mailing address that you can find at our website. We also have an email address, uh, blanketterm at gmail.com. So yeah, send us an email if you wanted to. Uh, if you don't want to contact us those ways, Brandon, what can they do? If you'd like to contact us through uh, non-conventional ways, it is... A- also a uh, pretty widely known conspiracy that all postal workers are also government affiliated and therefore are also affiliated through all birds because all birds are government drones so if you see a bird just go ahead and hand it whatever message you want to get to us and that bird will give it to a postal service worker which will eventually give it to us (laughs) i can't believe my brain fucking spaced the actual outro (laughs) Oh, that's entirely my fault, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> and away we go, everyone. Oh, everyone. Oh, look, a bird. I mean, a drone. It's a good one. Get your phone ready.